where three women with names discuss movies that are about something other than a man. Paid in Puke is hosted by Amy Green, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. It's also a spoiler-filled free-for-all. You've been warned. On this episode of Paid in Puke, we go deep with Andrew Fleming's 1999 political teen comedy, Dick, starring Kirsten Dunst, Michelle Williams, and Dan Hedaya. Max, call the cops. Looks like we got a break-in here. <gasps> there lifts in Watergate. They were there the night of the break-in. They know anything? Sir, I have met yams with more going on upstairs than those two. Uh, <laughs> I'll take care of it. I've got a way with young people. They trust me. They knew he was big. Call me Dick. Guess what happened up today? <laughs> they knew he was powerful. How would you two be interested in being official White House? Dog walkers, what do you think? And they thought they could trust him. Who the hell are you? Oh, why were they shredding all that paper? Paper mache is a hobby of mine. But that was before they learned the truth. We heard that tape. What'd you hear? You kid checkers, you're a bad man. We've got problems. Carl Bernstein, Washington Post, tell me your story. We, um, know things about Dick. What? What? What did you just say? I mean, president. Comes the almost true story. How old are you? 23. Is that your combined ages? There's no need to be snotty. Of two best friends. Whatever she's on, I didn't give it to her. So socially responsible. These girls are a threat to national security? So emotionally involved. Four score and seven years ago, our forefathers did something, I don't know what. And so politically correct. Isn't it against the law to cut up the flag? Not if you sew it back together. They were destined to take over the White House. Making those cookies? Yes, but you can't have any. They're for the president. These are the yummiest cookies I've ever had. How come there's oregano in the walnuts? It's a secret recipe. <laughs> Whoa, maybe that's why he's so paranoid. Kirsten Dunst, Michelle Williams, Jim Brewer, Will Ferrell, Dave Foley, Bruce McCulloch, Harry Shear, and Dan Hedaya. Feeling lightheaded. As Dick. Hi. Got the cookies? Yeah. <laughs> Today on Paid and Puke, we're talking about 1999's Dick. Written and directed by Andrew Fleming, who directed The Craft also. And he wrote the script with his longtime friend Cheryl Longin. It tells the story of two teenagers in the 1970s who are best friends. And uh, one of them lives in the Watergate Hotel with her mother. (laughs) And one night they unknowingly come across the men breaking into uh, the Democratic National Committee headquarters. Later on a field trip, they wander off and befriend Richard Nixon. Well, they think they befriend him, but he thinks they just know too much about Watergate. So he gives them a job walking (laughs) with his dog Checkers to keep them close, and things unfold from there. 
I love this movie and I love everyone in it. Yes. So, and this is my favorite Kirsten Dunst performance. I think she is just perfect in this movie. I love when someone plays dumb, sort of. That plays a character that's not that bright, but doesn't come across like they're really playing dumb. I really don't like when I feel aware of someone like, oh, I'm playing like a dumb character. It so. takes you a minute to figure out that she's not super smart. <laughs> <laughs> you have to interact with her a little bit. Right. And you're like, oh, that's a weird thing you just did or right. said. <laughs> Yeah, and Michelle Williams is always great. And then, of course, as everyone knows, I'm a Dan Hedaya super fan. <laughs> yes. And this might have been the, the movie world's that... The world's premiere Dan Hedaya's <laughs> I can't be the only one. You're the only one I know, um, though. It's my only Google <laughs> that I have. <laughs> I don't want to miss anything. I knew who he was before that. Like, I liked him on Cheers. I like him in Blood Simple. But this movie, I, I love him in. I think he really kills in the scene when Nixon resigns and he gets on the helicopter. <laughs> I feel like this is about many things, but one thing it's about is when women do the heavy lifting behind the scenes and don't get credited for it. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. And it's so funny and so good. The clothes are so good and yes. the leads are just so charming. So I really like Dick. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. And it's called Dick, so it's fun to say. Yeah. I watched it with Lucy and it was just fun to watch Dick with Lucy. Yeah. yeah. Although I do feel like the running joke of everybody gets quiet and they say something about Dick. We um know things. What kind of things? About Dick. I mean president. didn't land for me every time. <laughs> I was yeah, like, I, I get it. it. Yeah, it's a funny name. Did he go by that? Did people call him that? Or was, I, it a, was it an inflammatory, tricky dick thing? I don't know. People used to go by that name. People you know? used to go by that Weird, name, but right? even in the 70s, that was still kind of a popular regular man's name. I've only ever heard him referred to as dick as in, like, tricky dick. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just a little bit of a diss on him, but... I don't know what he went by. <laughs> <laughs> Richie. For some reason, I thought he was like Dick Nixon to his pals or whatever, but... That's what I was thinking. Like, the insiders, people close to him called him Dick, but nobody else. But it else. seems like maybe he didn't even have any pals. But like you were saying about women not getting the credit, they open with that concept because Woodward and Bernstein, the reason they don't... I mean, it's one of the revisionist history things that's fun about this. I mean, for me, that's the most fun thing about this movie. I really like that. But the revisionist thing being the reason that they're so adamant about not revealing their sources because they're embarrassed right. that they were 15-year-old girls. I don't think there is any such person as Deep Throat. I think y'all just made it up. Yes, there is. Deep Throat Don't say it! He's trying to trick us! If it had been somebody that worked for the White House, they would have, the idea that they would have revealed them long ago. I like that. I liked them as a pair. I'm a long time Bruce McCullough fan, actually. So I really enjoy him. He doesn't have a huge part in the movie, but I love every little bit of Bruceio <laughs> that I can get. Who's he? He um, was Bernstein. Bernstein. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was funny. Yes. <laughs> he was so into that wig. Yeah. 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 Really? Constantly flipping it around. I really loved his wig work. He's always up in Will Ferrell's business. Like, yeah, I'm he's gonna, on the phone. He talked to you. He's on the phone. Yeah. Can I help you? Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go away. <laughs> like that. <laughs> 
he could see that Will Ferrell's, from his perspective, he's really going places, so he wants to <laughs> jump on the coattail. Yeah. I do love the slow motion scene when they're walking down the hall. That's so great because they don't look cool at all, even though it's slowed down. But they feel like the coolest shit, like yeah. the Reservoir Dog shit with them high-fiving people. And like <laughs> Bruce McCullough like bumps into a woman awkwardly, but he sees it as a meaningful yeah. interaction between them. <laughs> It's so great. I really love that. I didn't see all the president's men, but I was wondering that scene where they're on the phone with Betsy and Darlene and he's like, just don't say anything for 10 seconds and I'll take that as a confirmation. You don't have to answer. We'll say the name. We'll just count to 10. And if you don't hang up, that's a confirmation. Like they're fighting with Arlene's mom. I was wondering if that was like a scene from all the President's Men or they were playing off of that. I was like, like this must mean something. Any one of those interactions like that is a reference to what really happened. If anytime it seems like a weird behavioral thing, (laughs) yeah. I didn't see that either. Apparently, it's required viewing though for this movie. Everything (laughs) I read about it. I read some, a couple of interviews with Andrew Fleming, and he was basically like, "Yeah, this is heavily based off of that movie more than oh, more than just off of Watergate." But like, they want they read a lot about Watergate too, and did a lot of interviews and everything. But they were like, basically, this is the satire of all the presidents' <laughs> men. It's yeah. like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern meet all the presidents. Oh men. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I yeah. mean, now I want to watch it, like, kind of just to see uh, with Dustin Hoffman's hair. If it's a thing, you know, I mean, I know he has kind of big hair in that movie, but I wonder if he's shaking it around. Messing with his hair a lot. Maybe it is. I didn't think about that. I thought maybe that was just a personal comedic choice. I thought it was just a movie on this idea of this real news story, but I didn't know yeah. it was at all referencing that movie i think maybe unconsciously while they were making it it ended up being that way and then when he's watched watch it afterwards he was like oh really... <laughs> i didn't realize how close i was going to that but yeah i do really like that or like the missing minutes in the tape yeah. when she's <laughs> yeah <laughs> like and declaring her love for him you don't have to answer i can see it in your eyes but it's coming from my heart and not my head. Oh, and then, and then there was that time when you put your hand on my shoulder. And I got this warm, tingly feeling inside. And I knew right then, at that moment. Oh, they'll be back soon. You've been on for 18 and a half minutes. Oh, I have to go now. Goodbye. When they leave and they're like, if you stay, you're as bad as they are. It's too late for apologies. We're not friends with him anymore, period. And if you stay, you're just as bad as he is. Oh. That's fantastic. He cries a little. I know. That's got to be the best Jim Brewer ever. I know. He's the least Jim Brewer-ish. I barely recognized him. Like I'm like, oh. He didn't get to make any goat sounds or... Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's always nice to come on stage and go, hey, man, <laughs> you're that goat guy, man. I am the goat guy. Confuses a lot of people, especially people that don't know what goat man is or goat boy is. Walk down the street and people that recognize him are like, hey, man. <laughs> I'm going, hey, man. how you doing? What else? I like the, the tape on the door. 
like the torn document, like I assume they're... Oh, they because the, the dog ate it and yeah. there's <laughs> ketchup on it. That's so great. <laughs> <laughs> Our souvenir from the White House. Yeah, there's a list of creeps and money next to their names. <laughs> it's a, it must be like a list of the creepiest people that work in the White House. And, and you actually have this document in your possession? Yeah, it's sitting right here. But the only problem is that we drew all over it, and I dropped a piece of my grilled cheese sandwich on it, so it's kind of rank. They're just such, like, the 15-year-old mentality. They're just so pure and, like, innocent. The things that they hear on the tape, they hear Nixon being really mean to Checkers. Yeah, that's His thing. dog and on the he... tape, and that really sends <laughs> yeah. them over the edge. He's yelling like, about the Jews, and they know he, that that's not They know thing, that that's but... not a good thing. But... They're the liars here, you know. Always hiding behind the goddamn First Amendment. Well, let me tell you something. It won't protect them from me. Actually, it was just about the dog. You act like you like him. But we don't think you do. What dog? But now that you mention it, you know, a lot of people are talking about this Watergate thing. And they all say that you lied. And I'm Jewish. They're yeah. like, we don't think he's the man that we yeah. thought he was <laughs> they were just so great at it they yeah. were very good at being 15 year old girls yeah but yeah like you were saying how they weren't overly stupid they were just just sheltered they lived yeah. good lives and they were kind of sweet innocent girls yeah um what's the deal with that watergate thing do you know anything about it oh no 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 absolutely nothing i don't know a thing no way jose oh because i live in the watergate and uh, one time we saw that, that Liddy guy there, and then we saw him at the White House, and now he's going to go to jail. They weren't unintelligent, and like, right. they become yeah. regular functioning adults someday, but it's just because they, they have such functional home lives. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're kids. Yeah. yeah. They have Bernstein and Woodward mm -hmm. stalking them in their library. And they're yeah. like, we have a report on turquoise jewelry due tomorrow, and we can't find any books on it. And this is really stressful. Listen, people are counting on you. Uh, well, you two are big shot reporters. Can't you figure anything out for yourselves? What about that list from Creep? How could you let your dog eat it? You're ruining my life! We have a very important school report on turquoise jewelry due in two days, and we can't find any books on it, and the president is having us followed. It's too much pressure. Just leave us alone. Yeah, they're kids. You just don't you see know, teenagers like, like that in movies and TV very often, who are yeah. just super normal. Like, yeah. especially Michelle Williams coming from Dawson's Creek, where all the teenagers on that are hyper-verbal, and they talk yeah. like 35-year-old men. It's just that he seems so disappointed in me, which of course made me angry, and... Now I, I don't know where we are. Well, let me tell you about Dawson. Granted, he's articulate for his age, but he's not exactly mature. I mean, he's the classic only child. He pouts when things don't go his way, and he only sees things in black and white. Anything else confuses him. Yeah. And when it comes to women, there are popes who've had more experience. I mean, the guy was a shrimp until last summer. To say his sex life is limited is the understatement of the decade. It's barren. A desert. I don't envy what you have to deal with, believe me. They're just written like regular girls, which yeah. is just unusual. It just goes to show that there's a lot of comedic value in that kind of person in a yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know that's one of my favorite when they tell them off and they're like, 
you act like you like checkers and you don't. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah, I loved that. Yeah. I love that that's such a betrayal. Yeah. <laughs> Arlene didn't know who her dad was, and I thought it was going to be like she thinks maybe Nixon is her oh, dad, yeah. but it turned out she was like had this huge crush on Nixon. Well, <laughs> maybe that informs her taste in yeah. men. Right. Like oh, she's looking for a father figure. Yeah, that's true. I can see that. I love the romantic beach sequence with her and Nixon. And Arlene, come away with me. But what about Pat? She understands. I really love her delivery of that. <laughs> Michelle Williams is my top five favorite actresses. I love her so much. Always. But everything she does is... Yeah, she's great. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, and it has been from the beginning. I mean, she really was the main reason I kept watching Dawson's Creek, her and Joshua Jackson. Yeah. I 50% hate watched it because I really did not like Dawson and Joey. I loved the Michelle Williams and Joshua Jackson characters so much. But I would also get really mad at their story arcs, but they were such good performers and they would just go 100% into whatever they were given, even though it was beneath them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they were the reason. And then they kept getting great guest stars. Like, they kept getting Twin Peaks actors, and Jensen Ackles was on for a while. <laughs> oh, wow. I, well, so he's on Supernatural now, but at the time I only knew him from Days of Our Lives. Oh, okay. I don't think I know. <laughs> he's basically just like a CW lifer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's got, like, a contract with them until he dies. But he's perfect <laughs> in everything he does, too. But anyway, Michelle Williams is just amazing. She just really moves me and entertains me. And she's such a great <laughs> physical comedian. She's underrated as a physical comedian, I think. And she just does everything with perfect nuance. Yeah, she's amazing. I loved her in Brookback Mount. I think I've seen that movie up 20 times. Oh, really? I don't know. I just love that movie so much. It's so sad. Yeah. I don't like to watch sad movies over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> but some people do. I've only seen Blue Valentine once, even though it was... Oh, yeah. That was that was hard to watch. And that's Ryan Gosling, too, who I love so much. Yeah. I've never watched that whole thing. I think I would like it, though. <laughs> I, I love it like that. Yeah. Yeah. I also love like you give an extra layer of poignance to that movie if you think of it as say anything ten years later. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Yeah. I've never heard that, but I, re- I really like that. Yeah, I should watch that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen scenes of it, but I've never watched the whole thing. Okay, i got to let this fucking stupid piece of shit in. Otherwise, it's going to make noise. <laughs> you act like you like jinx, but really, you <laughs> I saw him. I thought maybe that was him. I'm like, I wonder if that's Jessica's cat. You know, for a while I was really worried about him when he would chew on those things because I thought that they were still made of wire like they were when we were kids. But then Chris was like, no, it's just plastic. I mean, plastic isn't good for him either, but I kept thinking that he was going to have to go to the emergency room because his guts got all torn up by eating that stuff. But no, he's just destructive. For my inconvenience, and it's not gonna hurt him any. Anyway, very on brand. Totally. In my research, for some reason, this doesn't happen with that many movies. Maybe just because it's called Dick. I googled it, and just the first couple of write-ups about it were from Christian websites, being like Christian family websites. They watch movies and TV so that you can monitor them before you show them to your kids. Kind of like, is this a movie that I can show my Christian child? Uh, I just thought that was funny. They both said you should definitely do it with caution, but the first one was more of a hard no. 
And it says, teen favorites Kirsten Dunst and Michelle Williams are sure to attract many young viewers to this retro-flavored flick. Harmless comedy, historically significant, hardly. This fabricated (laughs) plot denigrates authority, glorifies drug use, spews profanities, and remains far from sexually innocent. This is one (laughs) history class worth ditching. Wow. I know. What's the, like... They don't does what to authority? Degrades. I read that wrong. Degrades like, authority. Yeah. Richard Nixon? I mean, yes. I it's what? like they're trying yeah. to uh, badmouth our president. Uh, like Vermont. Oh, they're what? just trying to disgrace uh, the president. Aren't you supposed to? I mean, yeah. they're like Nixon diehards, I guess. Also, I feel like there's no sex in this movie. There's zero like, sex, like, except for they were really upset about the end when they're licking the lollipops. They're like, oh, that Holy was shit. not cool. Oh. Wow. Glorifies <laughs> druggies. Spews profanities, the lead characters don't like profanity. They say that the president shouldn't use profanity. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. But then the other website said, this was from, this was another website who said they might enjoy it, it's probably fine. They say some teens will enjoy Dick without a grounding in history, but they will enjoy it more if they watch all the president's men first. Oh, God. <laughs> which I just thought, which, I mean, it sounds like maybe that's true, but that's just a really funny that's thing true, to say. Yeah. Like, teens will enjoy this movie teens more if they first watch all the president's men can you imagine being like okay it's movie night double feature for our teenagers right. all the president's men and dick yeah it's, we're gonna right. watch this at the lock-in right. at the church oh, <laughs> did you ever go to a church lock-in yeah i was just invited to a few yeah <laughs> Uh, I went to one and it was like, oh, this is all about trying to escape from the lock-in. Like, it was... <laughs> Did church invent escape rooms? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of this. The one I went, I figured it was typical. Of, this is the only one I went to, but I was like, that must be like a typical thing because all the teenagers just try to leave the church. There's like an evil monitor who's like, <laughs> you've got to stay in the church. And then all the kids are like, no, we're going to walk out the door. Weird. <laughs> And then when we did escape, all we did was be like, yay, we're outside, and ran around and then got back in later. <laughs> Weird. I thought yeah. we were going to go score some acid or something. <laughs> I like you guys just wanted to be outside and then go back inside and be like, haha, we did it. <laughs> Not very fun. <laughs> Not doing this again. I'm sure I only went because there was a boy I thought was cute. Anyway, I liked this trivia from IMDb. In real life, there were no teenage girls involved in the 1970s Watergate political scandal. Oh, <laughs> they knew. You do I guess say. They no. <laughs> did eventually reveal who Deep Throat was. <laughs> Fun trivia fact. <laughs> I liked Anna Gasteyer as the <laughs> president's secretary. The president's dog doesn't poop. He does his business. <laughs> Tucker's pooped. The president's dog doesn't poop. He does his business. She was fun to watch. One of my favorite moments in this is Woodward and Bernstein are really excited about something. I don't remember what, and as they're running up, Bernstein kind of grabs this woman. He's so excited, kind of grabs her, and then Woodward asks her, like, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) And I really love that, because I hate Adrian Brody or the thing. Oh, right, yeah. You know that picture of, like, the guy Mm -hmm. grabbing a nurse on the street because the war is over? And it's not a thing, guys. Like, you don't get to grope a random lady when you're excited (laughs) about something. (laughs) Yeah. no thanks you yeah. so I really like that they show that and then show what that wasn't cool like, <laughs> yeah. <do> that. <laughs> that is really cool 
I was just thinking again about Adrian Brody recently because somebody on Twitter said, you don't like Adam Driver, you just miss Adrian Brody. And I was like, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, I know. I was so offended by that, but then it got me all mad again yeah. about Adrian Brody. Adam Driver would like, never do that. Right. Yeah. Nobody misses Adrian Brody. But it just makes mm. me mad to think of, why could he just assault Halle Berry? And then the next year when he presented how he was like playing off it and mm-hmm. he like sprays a little breast spray and it's yeah. like, who's going to get my... It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's pretty gross. <laughs> you would not be allowed to do that today. Yeah. It was a different time. It was about 15 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I think some people didn't like it, but there certainly wasn't any kind of uproar about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Also, I think one time at the MTV Awards, Jim Carrey did something like that to Alicia Silverstone. And she oh, was so did. young. If she wasn't a teenager, she was 20. I mean, she was so young. Yeah, there's a like, huge age gap between them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she was a child actor for a long time in Hollywood when yeah, she was very famous. I mean, Gross. Right. So I love that little <laughs> moment where it's like, yeah. uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Oh, he was ahead of his time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about the costumes. The costumes were never before worn clothes from a warehouse oh. in Denver. They found a stockpile of old polyester clothes. And apparently they oh. were very cheap fabric and Dunstan Williams were sweating all the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> polyester does not breathe. Right. Yeah. The concept of the clothes is that they're not the glorified fashion of the 70s. They're the terrible fashion. Like yeah. the yeah. Penny catalog stuff. And that's literally what they were. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really cool. There was one coat I thought was super cute and I wanted. But I guess probably not the best quality. It looked great on them too. I had a sleeping bag that was polyester oh, when I was wow, a kid. Oh, that's a bad thing to make a yeah, sleeping it, bag out of. And in Florida, <laughs> like, where there's no air conditioning and, like, summer camp, it was really a bad combination. Nice. But, yeah, I could never wear any polyester stuff. It was always too humid outside. And yeah. I just could not deal. I think you would just need, like, a thin sheet at summer camp of Florida. Yeah. If anything. Right. This is not that important, but I watched this movie and I didn't know the song, the theme song from Louis. Yes. I thought oh. I didn't know that was an old song. Like I thought that was specific to the Louis show, and so it was weird. <laughs> that was a hot prop for me. <laughs> we can do hot props. Okay. Shut up. Hot props is on. Oh shit! Yeah. I mean, I know it's not their fault because <laughs> they didn't know. This is long before. But <laughs> <laughs> way to ruin a song forever, Louis. Yeah. <laughs> Yuck. I was just like, when is this song going to be over? Yeah. <laughs> it, was like, it was like they played it and then they it kept going. I'm yeah. Like, oh, oh this song is a lot longer yeah. than... I'm Louise. super annoyed by <laughs> that right now because Louis C.K. has so much good material about divorce. Especially yeah. the thing about like how you don't get divorced at the right time. Like, yeah. It's not like, okay, it just, got, it just went bad. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's like it goes on for years of torture. And, like, I mean, you know, just no yeah. reason that I want to be yeah. watching Louis C.K. I know, I was going to say, do you have an announcement? <laughs> Let's just be off the record if it's fine, but... No, doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. Do you, you want to make it a mess? I mean, I'm getting divorced. I don't know. It's fine. It's yeah. fun. She wants to laugh about it. But there were no good comedians who made a name material that we could laugh at. The I mean, time maybe there are. He just yeah. had some really good stuff, and it's like, oh, wow, that'd be fun to watch right now. But I'm sure... Right. I'm, Everybody you know. tweet your recommendations for divorce comedy by non-problematic comedians. Right. It's got to be out there. We just don't know about it. Right. Good way to use social media. My main hot prob is that they're doing pot treats wrong. Oh so God. they kind of sound like dream bars. The way they were baking it looked like they were just dumping things in bowls because they were doing fake baking. It sounds like you'd have like the graham cracker crust 
that you'd make. So you'd mix butter and graham crackers, which, okay, this is not a how-to for making pot treats. You cannot just dump marijuana leaves into a recipe and have people get high yeah. that way. Anyway, <laughs> it doesn't work. You have to you mix to, it into butter. Right. Boil it into butter. You need to like butter. Butter or something? Or, oh, boil the butter. Well, yeah. You, like, you simmer butter and you grind the leaves as small as possible. And then you simmer the butter for like 30 minutes. And then you use cheesecloth to strain it out oh, so it's not grainy. And I did have like shitty pot brownies in college. I don't think they really work that well. Mm-hmm. Because it's just not the way you process the weed. It has to be heated up. Uh, in a certain way to be psychoactive. Anyway, <laughs> so not only that, but like those cookies would have had mealy bits of marijuana in them. Right. They they just dumped it in there. They would have had like nugs of weed caught in their teeth. Would have been terrible. <laughs> and when you eat edibles, it takes like an hour at least to kick in. Like these people were taking bites and they're like, "I'm high." That they didn't was... know. Secret recipe, eh? Feeling lightheaded. These are scrumptious. Well, I've got to tell you, I haven't felt this way enough. Whoa! <laughs> and then we eat so many of them too. Like they would have been comatose. That's why everybody hates edibles because everyone's yeah. experience with edibles is like, I don't feel anything. I'm getting more. I don't feel anything. And then all of a sudden, oh my god, I'm like way too high. Yeah, I'm way too high. Wiggle your toes if you can hear me. Yeah. yeah. So wrong. That was my number one hot problem with this yeah. movie. Number one. You're doing pot treats wrong. It's not <laughs> how that works. It's all wrong. I make brownies all the time, and people always ask me if they're special. Whatever. They are special. Yes. Very special. But Thanks they they are great brownies. <laughs> <laughs> there was one time that I thought, you know, I would maybe I'll make those, and then I really thought you could just throw in some pot. And then when I heard how involved, I'm like, no, I'm never going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm mad. laughs> yeah. I think it will get you high a little bit, but mm-hmm. it'll take forever. Like, that's kind of also where people got the idea that you have to eat a ton of them mm-hmm. is because people didn't used to know how to make pot brownies so they would just dump the weed in and you'd be like oh i'm not getting high on these brownies so i'm just gonna eat a bunch of them and they taste so terrible <laughs> like, i remember in college so many parties where people would be like pot brownies i'm like oh there's like i'm pulling pot out of my teeth <laughs> gross what's wrong with smoking it does anybody have any yeah. can i do a bong hit and eat a real brownie like yeah. a good brownie please <laughs> Have one of Amy's brownies. <laughs> I did not know how good brownies could be back in college. I knew that they didn't have to be terrible, <laughs> but I didn't know they could be very special, delicious brownies. Amy makes the best brownies on the record. Best brownies I've ever eaten. I'll flex yeah. I do. I'm they not, yeah. not they are really nice, good. Yeah, they're so great. They're so they the perfect amount of salt on them, <laughs> and they're so fudgy. Oh, really good. And then if you're lucky enough to get one of the edges, like the corners. That's the shit. Because crispy so and I like the middle more. I like yeah, the gooey. Yeah, I, I their part. like the edges. <laughs> For me, it's perfect because it's like kind of like a like a perfect dessert pizza where you've got the crust okay. and you eat the gooey yeah. bit and then you get the perfect crust on the end. Oh, yeah. It's also yeah. special because I can usually get the whole thing out of the pan in one yes. piece and it's really exciting. It's exciting every time. <laughs> 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 like maybe 10% of the time I can't get it all out in one, but I usually can. And mm. It's very exciting. Like, boom. <laughs> yeah. <Brownie. laughs> Did they not 
you know, when they were interacting with all, like, all the White House people, did they not know that one of them lived in the Watergate Hotel? Because it seemed like that didn't really come up until eventually one of the girls told Nixon that. And mm-hmm. it seemed like they would have known, you know, if they had their eye on them anyway and were, you know. Yeah. Did they, I mean, maybe I just missed it. I remember Lucy was like, okay, do they not care that one of them lives in the Watergate? Like, what's... <laughs> I didn't think they didn't know that yet. All they knew was that they'd walked in on the shredding paper and the money. Oh, Because that's right. when he yeah. offers oh, right. them the okay. job. Yeah. They thought they knew what they saw when they saw that, even though they didn't. <laughs> they find out later that they live in the Watergate when they tell them. At first, they're like, oh, they might know something, so let's keep an eye on them. They don't even find out that they've heard the tape until a lot later either. Like, they keep finding stuff out without knowing they've found stuff out. Yeah. And no one else knows either. But eventually, (laughs) everyone is on the same page. Well, it seemed like G. Gordon Liddy, Harry Shearer, he ran into them during the break-in or something. And then he saw them at the White House. So maybe, like, that could have, like, he could have, like, told Nixon or something. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. He did know. Well, he knew they were there anyway. He didn't know they lived there necessarily, but he definitely did see them there. I went to D.C. after college. My friend and I drove there, and we were living in North Carolina, and we were like, let's go to the Watergate. Let's see what that looks like. I don't know what I was expecting. It's like concrete building. It looks like maybe back in the day it was supposed to look really futuristic and modern, but it looked (laughs) very dated. This is where it happened. <laughs> we were just a couple of history buffs, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that. You're kind of like an Arlene. <laughs> Let's see what ha- where this was. <laughs> and we're like, oh, it's a building. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to a bar. <laughs> Little proud for me is I wish they hadn't shown Ryan Reynolds' name in the opening credits. Just because it would have been, it was so wild. Still, it was like wild to see mm. him like so young. It was like, oh my God, that's Ryan Reynolds. I mean, not that they mm-hmm. knew, okay, he was going to become some yeah. huge deal. I read a couple of things. People were like, I, I got this great kid who's going to go in places. Like, they at least <laughs> claim that they knew. Wasn't but... he on, like, that... He was on the Pizza Place Pizza Place, yeah. Two guys are going yeah. Pizza Place. Oh, yeah. Was that from the 90s? I didn't either, or but I also know Nathan Dick. Fillion was on it. From oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's really cute. I liked him in that Waitress movie. Oh, I didn't or... see it. I'm a... F- Firefly fan. <laughs> I know him from Firefly. I watched a little castle, but did not stick with it. <laughs> but I like all the jokes on Big Mouth about Nathan Billy. <laughs> and he does his own voice on Big Mouth, too. Oh, this is a hot prop just specifically for me, because I have a thing about eyeballs. Like, I'm not very squeamish at all, in general. Like, I can watch gross-ass horror movies. I can watch all kinds of stuff. I love Midsummer. <laughs> But eyeball stuff, I literally have to look away a little bit when stuff's <laughs> happening to eyeballs. And there's that one long close-up scene of Arlene putting her contacts in. Oh. And I was like, why did they shoot it this way? <laughs> it's not like the standard, like, her in the mirror, doop, done it, it's fine. It was close-up of her eye <laughs> with her finger, and she's moving it around, and it's, I just could I was like, oh, I can't watch this. This is not necessary. It's so gratuitous. (laughs) I don't like eyeball stuff. I couldn't. I ordered some contacts one time because I was like, I'll have contacts wearing glasses, pain in the ass. 
they wouldn't let me leave the store with the contacts because I couldn't put them in myself. And I was like, I'll figure it out at home. I'll figure it out at home. But then they were right because I never would have figured it out. They would have just sat in my drawer and I would have never used them because I can't do it. I'm such a baby at the doctor, too, when they do that thing where they test your eye pressure. With the air? They do the puff of air. That's I can do that, I guess. But then that thing where they're like, we have to touch. It's not over until you let us touch your eyeball with that little thing. Oh, do you know what I'm talking about? it's been a long time. I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah. Now there's like another option, but insurance doesn't cover it. And you have to pay 50 bucks. But every time I'm like, I'm paying the 50. It's worth it to me. Because, <laughs> oh, oh, I can't do it. I'm sorry. I'm such a baby about eyeball stuff. I don't know why. It's irrational. It's 100% irrational. No, I totally get it. It's kind of scary if something's coming for your eye. And And they're like, you have to hold still. And I literally can't. (laughs) Keep your eyeball open and hold perfectly still. And I'm like, I'm holding still. (laughs) I'm not holding still. I'm like, can you just knock me out and do this to my unconscious body? I can never get lazy. Can you either. not watch In Clockwork Orange that part? I wonder if that's where it came too? from. Oh, I think hey. I probably saw that movie way too young. Yeah. <laughs> I did too. Under 30s, yeah. Too young. <laughs> Under yeah. 30. Oh, yeah. I'm for sure I was in like yeah. single digits. Oh, what? Yeah, or dub, or 10, yeah. just barely 10. Like, I was yeah. very small. I was early. <laughs> I think my dad thought that Kubrick was art, so it was fine for me to see that stuff. Because I also saw The Shining too young, and I saw. I didn't like Dr. Strangelove the first time I saw it because I was like, this is boring. I don't get it. Right. <laughs> and then I saw it years later and I was like, oh, this is really good. Yeah, you but... can't watch that movie too young. It's like, what? Why does everyone like this? Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't seen The Shining all the way through because yeah. it's too scary for me. I just can't. It's very scary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. This is way off topic. That's so mad right, right. when they put the blood elevator from The Shining and Ready Player One, a kids mm-hmm. movie for kids. Uh, in the book, it's, it's war, war games. games. Yeah. And in the movie, they're like, let's change it to The Shining for some reason and have the blood elevator. And like my kids are watching. You Lucy watched it too. He dashed it. He was, yeah. was really... Really Ooh, picked up. Yeah, so we're like, let's that's... put this one of the scariest parts of one of the scariest movies ever made in this kid movie. Right. Why? I hate Ready Player One. I didn't watch the movie because I mm. hate the book. I'm sure I would also hate the movie. I, also, I don't have to watch it to know. I also hate it. In Andrew's dating profile on OkCupid, okay he's like, some, you know, your favorite books or movies. He makes a point. I did not like Ready Player One. Nice. Sorry. Nice. <laughs> it was just really well, funny. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gosh, right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I, I know that's a movie coming out, but I didn't really get the reference. It was but a- I'm like... Popular book for a while. Like. Yeah. yeah. I think it's he must book. have just gone on a bunch of dates where everyone was like, let's talk about Probably. Ready Player One. Probably. <laughs> it's one of those books also, like The Martian is like... Or Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, also one of those books. People yeah. who really read love that book. It's like, like Dan Brown. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. I <laughs> heard the movie was basically just a bunch of Spielberg references. I mean, the book, movies movies or the book is just like a guy who, when he was young, he really thought being good at Pac-Man would mean something in his life, and so then he wrote a book where it was. For me, it's like a very midlife crisis book. Also, it like plays so much on nostalgia, which is a thing that I just don't like. Mm-hmm. I don't mind if something is set in a different time period, but it's like where it just seems to be playing on that. So your nostalgia for the 80s is yeah. what you like about this book, and then it's just like this guy... You know, good at video games. Saves the world because he's good at video games. Yeah. Oh. Yes, good at video games and good at memorizing movie dialogue. Mm. Why do 
they turn out to be viable skills yeah. for me, you know. It's kind of like an, an incel adult. fantasy. Ooh, okay. <laughs> and then, I don't like, think there's, a, there's a girl yeah. character who's better at video games, but she lets him save the world, and she becomes his, like, uh. fucking psychic. Yeah, I remember there's also gender problems with that. I don't really remember yeah. that much, but... Makes me want to revisit that Wiz movie with, or the Wiz. What, what is the, uh, yeah, the the Fred Savage one with yeah, Jen, uh, Jenny? The Wizard, the wizard, <laughs> the wizard not, not the Wiz. Wiz. <laughs> <laughs> I like, watched that movie because Fred Savage was like a huge crush for Aww. me back then. I loved it. That was like peak cute Fred Savage for me. <laughs> I was also he a was child, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> so it was fun. It wasn't weird. I don't know if it's worth revisiting. <laughs> Who I don't know. I guess I just wonder about like the gender. Oh, because What's Jenny name? Lewis was Jenny in it. Lewis yeah. was in it. Was she just there to cheer him on? Or I don't remember. But... Probably. But, I remember yeah. being very jealous of Jenny Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jenny Lewis. Next call. Should we do our lunchtime poll? So this was called a lunchtime poll. So our lunchtime poll question is: Who was your first childhood celebrity crush who disappointed you? All of being disappointed by Dick. <laughs> <laughs> this was hard for me, too, to think of the first. Because, so my first human crush, and I say human crush because, like, my first crush I remember having was on Optimus Prime. <laughs> my first awesome. human crush was, like, Harrison Ford, Han Solo, and Indiana Jones kind of simultaneously. So for me, it was like, Harrison Ford is just that guy. <laughs> and I think probably a lot of people felt that way. And then years, years later, whenever Carrie Fisher's Princess Diaries book came out, I became incredibly disillusioned with Harrison Ford because of the way he treated that relationship. I mean, he was married. It was a consensual affair, but he was 35 and she was 19, which is legal, but like kind of, you know, barely legal. And obviously, she talks a lot about how he emotionally manipulated her. And she was trying to be really chill about it, but he would kind of nag her during the day on set and be rude to her. And then after work, be like, you're coming back to my hotel, right? Which is just such a super gross way to treat a 19-year-old, especially when he's married, which I know that's a common thing to happen, and she even talks about it. Like, she's, like, really cool about it in the book, the way she's writing it. She's kind of even writing it like it's her fault, almost. She gives herself more of the blame than I think she deserved. And I fucking love Carrie Fisher and Princess Leia. And then just the idea of Princess Leia being emotionally abused by Han Solo is upsetting to me. And then now I rewatch those movies with a different eye, thinking about their relationship and things he ad-libbed, like pushing her up against the machinery to kiss her when she's saying I don't want I don't like you oh it's so upsetting to me and I hate it but that was like I didn't find this out until recently so I think the first actor I had a crush on that I did find something disturbing about was Marlon Brando Oh, oh, which I know yeah. makes me sound like I'm nine years old, but when I watched movies like On the Waterfront when I was in middle school, and I was like, this is a great movie, and this guy's such a great actor, and then I read his book, Songs My Mother Taught Me, I think it was called or something. Yeah, I felt for this man. I thought he was such a sensitive soul. He was passionate about indigenous people, and I was like, this guy's such a great man and a great actor. And then I found out about the last Tango in Paris thing. Yeah. And the way he talked about it was almost like bragging about it. Like, this is a great way to be a method actor. Is to for I mean, do we have to? I don't want to. You can Google it. Google the last Tango in Paris thing and find out what's so gross about it. But it is terrible. That was before the Me Too and everything. When he talked about it at the time, 
everyone's like, oh, bravo. Or they didn't say anything, or I don't know. They certainly didn't say, that's fucked up. No one said that was fucked up, but that's fucked up. Yeah. To the point where I can't really enjoy those movies And didn't anymore. she basically quit acting, like, after the Yes. Email? And I think even kind of recently, like, Bertolucci's, he still doesn't really think there was a problem. Yeah. yeah. Just movie making, just a business. Gotta and get it's... that authentic reaction. Exactly. Yeah. We've talked about this before right. on this podcast. It's a thing that we all hate, of how a woman can't be trusted to perform and find the truth in a scene on her own. She has to have a man help her with it in a way that she's not expecting or consenting to. Right. Yeah. Fucked up. <laughs> I knew this was going to be a dark dark lunchtime pool. I'm sorry. Anyone okay. I mean, else? Mine isn't, mine isn't all that dark. My childhood crush, and still today, is of course Matt Dillon. Yes. And he has never let me down. <laughs> being in Crash, you know, but it's not his fault, and he was perfectly fine. Crash isn't the fault of the actors in Crash. It's just everything else about Crash is what's bad. <laughs> the script, really. That's yes. where the base yes. of it the is. Script the script is the problem. problem. Crash, yeah. And even the um, person who wrote the script agrees now yeah <laughs> he's sorry yeah. Yeah. i accept that apology yeah so matt dillon is my first crush and he has not let me down but in high school i was super into baseball and i was really into daryl strawberry and like my locker was all pictures of daryl strawberry mm-hmm. taped all over it in my room and all that and things went south for him yeah like all the bad stuff that happens with athletes like drug problems and domestic disputes mm-hmm. and that kind of thing and then all of that is disappointing and then also that he let it end his career basically which is always disappointing I think when you're into sports and an athlete that you really like who's really great and really talented can keep it together just to even you know finish out his career you know like an athlete's career is not even that long you know it's like can you not hold it together that's true yeah (laughs) and then retire from baseball so all of that is disappointing it's like it's still a bummer for me to even think about Daryl Strawberry (laughs) how good a player he was at the end of his career it was like he'd end up playing for like half a season and then get suspended for you know drug use or something or suspended for some incident and then it's like oh he's got a two-year suspension when it was like well his career's done he's not you know he's too old to come back after that and Oh, it's just a bummer to me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, this is going to be a bummer. <laughs> like, I feel like mine's not that bad. Now that I think it's about it. <laughs> when I was a teenager, I, I guess maybe like, late high school. I really loved Ben Affleck. I had such a crush on him. I thought he was so cute. I don't know. Matt Damon was sort of like the more clean cut of the duo, I guess. I thought like there was something edgy and interesting and cool about Ben Affleck. I loved Dogma. When I was in college, I went to college in Pittsburgh and they filmed Dogma there. Some people in my dorm saw the set and I was like, oh my God, they got to see Ben Affleck. I guess it's just sort of a rolling bummer over time. (laughs) Continues to roll. It's still unfolding. I was like so excited for Ben and Matt Damon to win the screenplay and they seemed like... They were so excited. 1996? Yeah, these... these, Right. I know. I do hate that movie, but I was excited. I don't... I mean, like, I was excited for their success. They were just these golden boy Hollywood guys that could do no wrong. And then he started turning out a lot of crappy movies, too. Just being a romantic lead. Mm -hmm. And, okay, I guess they're making him into this A-list leading man, but it's like... Why is he doing all this dumb shit? As the internet started to... You see more stuff about them candidly in interviews. And he got 
the success and you got all these breaks and then Project Greenlight, yeah. like oh, that, show, that show, it started out yeah. good, but then it yeah. seemed like they didn't mm-hmm. really... White dudes, man. <laughs> it, just seemed, it was just like one yeah. of those. He just seems like he's kind of a... So cheesy and gross. He's so cheesy and gross. He just cares about gambling and, <laughs> and it's just, yeah, and, and a philanderer. <laughs> right, and he must have known all the stuff with Harvey Weinstein for sure. He was a Merrimax golden child, right. and, and his brother like, is a rapist, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the whole Affleck right. family is kind of fucked up. I also feel like the stuff with the Weinstein stuff with Ben Affleck, it's like, well, Gwyneth Paltrow was kind of protecting, so it was sort of like, as long as she was okay, you know, like, because Ben Affleck dated Gwyneth Paltrow. Exactly. Like, Just don't don't harass my girlfriend. It's like, exactly. That's kind of like me. Prince Charming syndrome, <laughs> but why does only one woman get protected? Right. Yeah. Why not slay the dragon instead of be like, just don't eat my girlfriend? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's pretty cowardly and at best it's cowardly actually <laughs> yeah yeah because it could also be that he doesn't give a shit i don't know if you have to fully explain what's wrong on the internet of him with the back tattoo like oh, I know. staring at the ocean what? i do kind of love that because I, it is kind of so bad I, I don't love him but i love that he's falling apart in this specific right. way yeah <laughs> i did kind of embrace the weirdness of that yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> This is who I am now, I guess. I just, yeah. I remember seeing like, that. I wonder if anyone tried to talk him out of it or if everyone was like, yeah, totally do that, yeah. dude. <laughs> but, like, just, like, staring at the ocean. Oh, the pathos of that. I'm like, a just, phoenix. It's, like, oh really. I know. It's just, <laughs> it's kind of deliciously pathetic. Just the image of a white dude yes. thinking of himself as a phoenix. I need to rise from the ashes. I'm so oppressed. You guys just don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly feel like he would be a good subject for like a biopic. It's so cinematic. <laughs> it's, so, it's like such a Hollywood success story when they were young. With, they were these struggling actors. They couldn't get a role, so they wrote a movie for themselves. I you know, super want to see the Lifetime yeah. treatment on this. Yeah. It totally takes that trajectory of, yay, we're successful. Mm. And then, no. you know, all the money is searched for again. And he dates all the glitzy women. And then, you know. Drug right. Of yeah. all the people. J-Lo thought he was bangable. That's right. the peak right there, right? I That's think where they, were, they were an attractive couple. And you then know, it all went wrong. What I love about their breakup is I remember reading a sort of in-depth article about paparazzi and how the stars work with the paparazzi so much more than they want you to think. Yeah. They had that very public breakup. They called off their wedding. And it was pretty clear that he was the one who broke up with her. And she was kind of the injured party in that. Mm-hmm. And then what was supposed to be their wedding day came. And paparazzi had all these photos of J-Lo in this white bikini, frolicking on the beach, like in the water. And, and I was like, J-Lo, not a care in the world. <laughs> yes. her wedding day. And then and the article was said, like, you know, that was she spent 10 minutes at the beach. Like, it was a planned, like, basically oh. photo shoot. Like, like, her driver took her to the beach she played in the water while they got the photos and then went home she (laughs) used the paparazzi as like this is the narrative that i want yeah to control the the narrative in the press and i really love that i love j-lo we're a little off topic now we get that way don't we (laughs) the natural segue (laughs) is to j-lo because she's the best thing that ever happened to him (laughs) and he fucked it up oh very 
I loved in Dick where they have the sign, you suck dick, yeah. and he sees it, like, as he's going out yeah. in the chopper. I like that too because it's kind of a punchline to all of the little dick jokes throughout, the inner yeah. dick jokes that they make, and then it's one that they make on purpose at the right. end. Isn't it against the law to cut up the flag? Not if you sew it back together. Oh. We look so fantastic. that it's deep throat yeah yeah and and you're so vain carly simon Uh, is playing it's just like so perfect yes very special meaning for us that's a great song and then i think i think he flicks them off doesn't he yeah he just yeah that's another rewritten origin story is the weird peace fingers like the best yeah <laughs> he does like why he does this <laughs> that's what they were doing with your fingers that was the worst Dan Hedaya Nixon ever I'm sorry but <laughs> I loved Michelle Williams laugh after they say the president will see you now the president will see you now <laughs> it's just like a really dorky perfect laugh it's such a great laugh or she's it just conveys so many things just classic michelle williams style and then i really love kristen kirsten i'm sorry kirsten know, i'm so sorry kirsten I, does is it kirsten it's kirsten. kirsten okay sorry or is it kirsten even I, shit yeah i, don't know. <laughs> I thought it was kirsten. i know it's k-i-r I it was, yeah i always thought it was kirsten but i don't know i'm sorry if but i'm gonna look it up and we'll get it kirsten dunst kirsten dunst Kirsten Dunst. Anyway, she does this really funny dance when they're singing Hello Dolly and they're gonna like a piece of cord with Fresh Neff. She and it's totally offbeat. <laughs> it's so comedically perfect because it doesn't match the singing at all and it's just yeah. that little dorky dance that she does. I love it. I've already started underlining meaningful passages in her copy of Mopey Dick, if you know what I mean. I liked they're the president's youth advisors and they, you know, are supposed to keep it a secret, but yeah. then they both have presentations at school. Oh, yeah, I love that. It's so great, but nobody believes them. Yeah. Kirsten right. Dunn's teacher's like, I love how you mix fantasy with the cooking and current events. And I really dug the way you use fantasy, current events, and cooking in a kind of tapestry of storytelling. And then Michelle Williams' teacher's like, dare come up in front of the class and make up lies about our president reading your report from an index card like i, I totally remember those like After moments gone to the library to write it i really enjoy being the president's youth advisor because it means i am helping to run the country at the end it's fun being a secret youth advisor because the president trusts us with sensitive national issues i really like being a secret youth advisor to the president it means I am helping to run the country at the end. It's more the way she says it, but when Michelle Williams is talking, when they're talking to him about ending the war, and Michelle Williams says whatever she says about it, and then Kirsten says, just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she says that so I did not do it right at all. We have to make a decision regarding offensive action north of the 22nd parallel right away. Bottom line, Henry, is we bomb them or we don't, isn't it? Exactly. I have something to say. Go on, Arlene. War is not healthy for children and other living things. Yeah. Henry, that's the voice of the youth of America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And then, I don't remember who said this, but I wrote it down. It's called incest, and it's against the law. <laughs> Kirsten Dunn says that because she has, like, a weird train of thought about what would happen if she accidentally oh, marries yeah. somebody she's really... Oh, right, yes, yes. If you fall in love and are about to get married, and you find out that your fiancé's dad is your dad, too, and that you guys are brother and sister. It's called incest, it's a super like series of hypotheticals. Right. Yes. <laughs> and he might have a father. Because that was about. Yeah. Then he might have other kids. And then the father's like, that it's against the law. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a scene, I think they're on the phone and they show Arlene in her room and she's doing the, we must, we must, <laughs> oh, must yes. exercise. <laughs> and then I love that Brian Krakow was her brother. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's Brian <gasps> like, I, I totally missed that. I think my favorite was when they're both really determined to meet Woodward and Bernstein. I think they just feel really strongly that Dick is a bad person and Arlene's like, four score and... Seven years ago, <laughs> our presidents did something. <laughs> no, Betsy, we're human beings. And we're American citizens. And, and four score and seven years ago, our forefathers did something. I don't know what, but I do know one thing. Take the ass is grass. I just loved that. She's trying to do she, a motivational speech. Yeah. But she can't quite get it out. I just lo I love that. It's like so passionate and earnest. <laughs> I liked the part from, what's her, Kirsten Dunst's character's name? Betsy? She's like, I shouldn't, I probably shouldn't tell you this because it's top secret. But <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? Well, I probably shouldn't be telling you this because of national security. But what the heck? Aline Lorenzo and I secret youth advisors for President Nixon. I think you already said the president's dog doesn't poop. He does his business. <laughs> yeah. I know this is like really all in the nose, but I like what she says. He's the president. He always means what he says. <laughs> Do you think the president meant it when he said we could come back and walk checkers? He's the president, Betsy. He always means what he says. It just shows their naivete. And actually, there's a lot of people, a lot of grown-ups who still think that way. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that same way yeah. about kind of almost too on the nose is at the end. They'll never lie to us again. Yeah. <laughs> Therefore, I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. Vice President Ford will be sworn in at that hour. It's going to be different now. In this office. They'll never lie to us again. <laughs> <laughs> and this was all referencing Clinton. This is before right. we knew just how bad it could get. I know. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird to watch this or anything about Watergate or a couple years ago, Lucy asked what Watergate was and explaining it and to think, oh, wow, that's all it took to end a presidency mm -hmm. at one point. Yeah. We yeah. <laughs> just don't like it when the president tells one lie. Right. <laughs> one, one little thing. Yeah. I like when Arlene, well, I like the whole scene actually when they're like just first meat checkers and they're petting him and just cooing at him. <laughs> but... Specifically, Michelle Williams goes, oh, you're the softest dog you can. And, and when did you start talking like that, baby? What's going on in here? All right, I've got no. a house now. Oh, I love you. Uh, Mr. Oh, President, so my name? You are. Yeah. Oh, you are uh, the softest well, what should I do with these two, sir? It's just funny dog petting banter. Yeah. And also, Arlene, she's talking about the Bobby Sherman contest. <laughs> like, I have to win this contest or I will die. Okay, we have to mail the setter. Go. Okay. So I can win or I swear I will die. So perfect. 
And then their whole scene when they find the, the list of creeps on the ground. That whole, <laughs> just as about that whole scene, but it's, especially <laughs> when they're like, it's a souvenir. And this isn't TP. It's just some piece of paper with names and amounts of money on it. Creep list? I don't know. I guess all the people on that list must be creeps. Mm -hmm. Souvenir. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love how they keep referring to the White House souvenir. <laughs> this is cartoon oh, dick. That's cute. Oh, I like that one. This is our White House souvenir. It's so funny. They're so fucking funny. Yeah, yeah. they're very funny. <laughs> Such a perfect duo. I'd love to see the yeah. two of them in another movie. That would be so good. I would love that too. Yeah. Yeah, they they're both so good. Remember that we were at Sunny's for a weekend and somehow Kirsten Dunst's name kept coming up and it seemed like everybody hated her and I was like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Great. People don't like her. That is a thing, and I don't get it either. Yeah. Hey, no. What? Like, oh, she's good in everything she's in. Like what? <laughs> she'll say kind of naive things to the press, mm. but certainly nothing more egregious than Scarlett Johansson. Oh yeah. So I don't know why she gets a pass and Kirsten Dunst doesn't. Yeah, weird. <laughs> I mean, or like Gwyneth Paltrow. Like, yeah. <laughs> like sure. I mean, a lot of. Hollywood star, let's say dumb shit. It's, it happens. It's not a reason to not like them entirely. Maybe Gwyneth Paltrow. But yeah, <laughs> my husband would be so mad if I said that. <laughs> my husband loves Gwyneth Paltrow. He does? Really? Why? Like, I keep a... thinking it's maybe ironically, but then I'm not so sure. <laughs> I mean, I could never completely dislike her because she's great in Royal Tenenbaums. If she would just be an actress and not be that horrible persona. A lifestyle like, guru. Yeah. <laughs> I've read some of that website. It's like negging people for not buying this crazy expensive shit. Ah, it's like this whole like you too could live simply like me. Right. Yeah. And it's like all under this guise of like you're not doing it right until unless you have this thing. Oh, I hate that so much. One of my favorite couples was I'm gonna butcher it, but it was like when a culture tries to live on minimum wage for a week and she dies. <laughs> yeah, for and real. Then the text of it was like, I bought twenty lemons. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was out of money. <laughs> I really like the way Betsy says when she's making cookies, she says, You can't have any, they're for the president. <laughs> You're making those cookies? Yes, but you can't have any. They're for the president. Basically, it's all just delivery. Yeah. What else does a suicide need, huh? Now, if you'll excuse me. I remember when it was in the movie theater, but it came and went, and I don't even think I yeah. saw it back then, but I read this really shitty review of it. It was from the New York Times, oh, like, really? when it came out. Definitely, like, a, a male wrote it, but he was very condescending about the characters and, and referring to them as Monica's, like, they're just oh, so, like, whoa. I mean, and that's back in the time, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, during that <laughs> during that time when that was happening, Monica. Lewinsky and it's just like ugh, it was just so gross to read that it's weird to go That's back and really read gross. reviews of movies from back in that day under that yeah. landscape that was unusual an unusual take too because it was a box office bomb but it's like a cult favorite now and it was almost universally beloved by critics mm -hmm. That was not the, the normal critical response for the movie, but it didn't do well in the box office. Andrew Funding thinks it's because how do you market a political, a teen political comedy? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Like that wasn't a genre. I mean, it still really isn't, but it's... Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a very niche... That's true. That is... 
it's hard audience. to find what's the audience. Yeah. Really. And especially because the girl from Dawson's Creek and the girl from Interview with Vampire, Bring It On hadn't even come out yet oh. or anything like that. And then there was only one Dan Hedaya super fan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I went to see it. I did my part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the theater. Roger Ebert loved it. He yeah. had a really great review for it. I was like really bummed out to read that. I'm like, this is the New York Times? It was not normal. Everybody liked it. And then there were some, last year there were a couple of, I think the anniversary, oh, the like anniversary 20, 20, 20 year anniversary think pieces that came out about it that were Oh, yeah. They should play that at Central Cinema or something. Yeah, like, I want to. I would totally want to go back and see that again. On the next episode of Paid in Puke, we work our way through Miguel Arteta's disappointing 2020 comedy Like a Boss, starring Tiffany Haddish, Rose Byrne, and Selma Hayek. If you enjoyed this episode of Paid in Puke, please take a minute to rate us highly on your preferred podcast listening apparatus. If you did not enjoy this episode, no further action is necessary. Hayden Puke is hosted by Amy Green, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. Music by Silent Partner. Follow us on Twitter at Hayden Puke Pod, or join us on Facebook at Hayden Puke Podcast. Thanks for listening. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up.